after 5 o'clock and you are tuned in to This Week in Moab on your community radio station, KZMU. I'm your host, Molly Marcello, and tonight we have a conversation about water. We're going to learn about some upcoming water workshops uh, co-hosted by Grand County and Moab City, I believe. But later in the program, we'll also hear from uh, the Grand County School District on a few topics, including um, our substitute teacher shortage. But first, and we are here with two organizers of the Water Series. We have Grand County Commissioner Trish Hedin and Moab City Council Member Ronnie Durassery. Hello. 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 Thanks for having us, Molly. Welcome. Now, you vigorously shook your head when I said this was co-sponsored by Grand County and Moab City. So tell us where, where who, who's organizing this. And, and so um, Ronnie and I really started this together, just, you know, a variety of discussions. Ronnie really came to me and said, Grand County seems to be doing a lot about water. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how are you making that happen? And I, I want to state, state that I'm really standing on the shoulders of Sarah Stock. She really started all of this and was really mm-hmm. um, invested in monitoring water, worried about water, et cetera, and so on. The county mm-hmm. has committed about $70,000 a year to water monitoring. Mm-hmm. And so w- whether it's with the US, USGS, with um, Division of Water Rights, et cetera, and so on. And then we, Sarah had really kind of prompted this idea of education. And so I have just followed suit. So we've been doing quarterly water workshops. I already mm-hmm. told Molly this, mm-hmm. that the reality is we've been doing these workshops okay. prior to county commission meetings. They last about an hour-ish, and mm-hmm. we've done a number of them. But the reality is not a lot of people come or okay. listen. I mean, okay. you know, who wants to listen to a county commission meeting? Not. <laughs> not. Right. Right. And so, you know, the outreach hasn't been great. And yeah. so, you know, Ronnie, we came together and, and just started kind of bouncing ideas we really were interested in one idea, and now it's spawned into three. And just the other day, somebody said, oh, that's a fourth. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay, okay, maybe. So these water workshops, you know, water workshops have been happening at the county level. And Ronnie, you wanted to get involved and, like, say, hey, how can we bring this to the broader community? Is that sort of what happened? Um, yeah, I think that's a large part of it. Mm-hmm. I, um, you know, probably a lot of people read my opinion piece in the local papers about kind of where I see water sit in the greater scheme of democracy. And I just I just have a professional background that started um, on the grassroots level in human rights, having to deal with water development around the world. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like I was raised and educated and mentored by engineers and journalists and biologists and uh, policy analysts and ec- economists um, working in that field um, who, uh, really drilled into me. And I I think I kind of knew this from my parents coming from from two countries dealing with this, but um, that water is best discussed and managed at the grassroots level um, when there is ownership and you get the best decisions long term Mm -hmm. um, when there is ownership and knowledge. And um, we don't all have to agree about what path we're heading down, but it really helps to have the most knowledge you can from different areas um like at the city you know at some of the presentations they talked about how you have the the legal and um the engineering Mm -hmm. and um uh 
the economics, um, but you also have some other elements. You definitely have the science. And, um, and honestly, so I come from a background where we really looked at a lot of those. And my feeling is um, that water is in the public trust, that we as elected officials have an obligation um, in order to help um, manage that resource and work with the community um, to steward it for the future, um, to gather as much information as we can, and then um, make decisions moving forward. So like I said, we don't all have to agree, but I think we do have to have a wide realm of information from different areas so that when we make decisions, we know, okay, well, we're going down this fork in the road, Mm -hmm. but we're doing it knowing that by not taking those other forks, these are the opportunity costs. And I was just raised to believe that that was what um, good and open leadership and democracy looks Mm -hmm. like. Um, And because there is a lot of information about water, um, uh, I do feel like from past councils too, um, that there was um, kind of a feeling like it was worth investing in discussion about water and um, studying water. So we had some of our studies um, with Ken Colm and uh, Paul Vandehuyde and um, and uh, we're learning more about what Castle Valley and the county were doing. So um, there seems to be a drop off in interest in that at the city level, but mm-hmm. the county seems very, um, like they're taking the lead at trying to be educated moving forward. And so I was just trying to figure out after the city didn't have much interest in letting our council have regular workshops, how Mm. can we as a community do that together so Mm -hmm. we can learn together. And so part of the idea was like, okay, these workshops they're doing at the county are great. Is there a way that we can uh, make, do them in a forum uh, where Mm. uh, more of the community might come and ask questions? Because we were discussing and we said to ourselves, well, Sometimes we just need repetition. <laughs> you know, some right. of us are new to this stuff. Yeah. And then sometimes mm-hmm. too, um, you know, we learn from each other. Mm-hmm. And and what I what I like about this format is we're starting general with water one oh one one and then we'll delve into more specifics. But I just want people to feel like they have a welcoming situation where they can come listen and then ask questions. No question is too basic. And then um, mm-hmm. we'll just learn from each other. And I think it'll be great for me and Trish and the other volunteers who've been helping organize this from Castle Valley. Um, um, to say, oh, okay, well, look at these other questions. That's something we can maybe delve into in a mm-hmm. next workshop. So, yeah. I, I appreciate you going through that. Like, um, this is this sounds to me like a learning opportunity, and not necessarily like you don't have to be an expert on water no. to show. Oh, up yeah, to this. specifically, right. yeah, yeah, I think mm-hmm. to open up to everyone because in my mind, we yeah. all need a, a better base, and mm-hmm. that in my mind, you know, we're all in this together. It's the you know elected officials on the county uh, commission and the city council, both are planning commissions it's you know people in the media who are reporting on water but really it's anyone living in the community dependent I mean to me you know our water resources you know if you're lucky enough to be a property owner you know they're part of your property value Um, but also Mm -hmm. you know we have so many people in the community involved in agriculture or tourism where there's a link so they're just um, it's I mean I can't it's important to everybody who lives here so I just feel Mm -hmm. like people feel empowered to come and learn from the point where they're at and um, yeah, let us know what they what they want to know or what they want us to know. Right. Yeah. Now, before we delve into this first workshop that is coming up on Wednesday, you know, Ronnie mentioned that Grand County has sort of been leading the conversations lately around water. Why is that, Trish? I actually, <laughs> I mean, for myself, or you know, and I, I don't know if it really just came from Sarah, but yeah. but I also just think it's it's 
you know, probably past, long past due, right? right? That mm-hmm. we really start having a vested interest in the and the fact is like water monitoring, you can't place all that on the USGS, for example. Mm-hmm. At a certain point the the local governmental bodies need to become invested mm-hmm. in that. Mm-hmm. So we can sit around and say, well, we're not sure what's happening to our aquifers all day long. But but we we can start having that knowledge and and kind of I'm going to spawn off of that for a second. So we have committed, and we'll talk about what the second workshop here in a moment. But we have committed to we just are working on the MOU right now with Utah State University. We're having a grad student start to do modeling mm-hmm. on you know we have all this data, but we haven't actually produced models mm-hmm. as to you know let's input this data and what ifs. What if we do this? What if we do that? And we mm-hmm. we need those models. And in the past, Chris Baird has stated that those models have been upwards of a half a million dollars. And he's just like, we just didn't have the resources. Mm-hmm. But doing it through Utah State, through a grad student, not only are we encompassing Utah State in their local community, but wow. we're also being able to do it, it you know, in an economical manner. So, wow. so that is forthcoming. Yep. And oh man, that will be so helpful yep. for visualization and also Absolutely. for policymakers like yourselves. That's right. Yep. So they'll start doing those studies next fall, mm-hmm. uh, fall of 2024. That we'll we'll get as an individual on the ground mo- beginning that modeling. So it's my impression, and from this conversation so far, that you know we do have information about our water system. We don't lack in information. It's just putting all those pieces together in a format right. that you know the average resident can understand. Myself talking about myself, and also you know for policymakers to understand and others, right. you know who are going to be making decisions for the future of our community. Yep, absolutely. I yep, think if I could dispel one thing, one thing that bothers me, and I've seen this kind of play out in um, kind of the global south where people from the global north will tell people, oh, it's too complicated. You can't handle that. And I feel like that happens a lot in our valley about water, pe- you know, and people mm-hmm. kind of, you know, figuratively pat you on the head and say, oh, it's too complicated. Just, <laughs> just let these people take care of it. Mm-hmm. And I really think that's doing people a disservice and I find it very disrespectful because I mean communities around the world have been delving into this um, for ages and often your expertise is closest to the ground I mean in fact you know I mean a lot of us know you know maybe irrigators in town and the conversations you might have with them about what's happening um, with their water is um, something you're not going to hear otherwise so I would just like to dispel for people kind of the myth that you can't understand it yes it's you know relatively complicated but um and yes um you know for elected officials you you can't understand unless you invest the time Mm. to understand it Mm -hmm. but it's not um by any means out of reach so i just um Mm -hmm. i kind of like that conversation to stop because i feel it's kind of a lie i appreciate you saying that you know and especially because this is um a resource that affects every single person on earth (laughs) increasingly so and i think you were asking kind of why now and we can't speak for sarah but i you know i think for a lot of people at the larger level i mean part of the reason it becomes more pressing and whether you know this is why she started it or not i think she just saw it as an important Mm -hmm. part of the whole and um and for communities uh, like especially at the city level you know water and sewer is such a basic um, thing we're supposed to provide and something Gwisa provides for the valley um, uh, as well. Um, 
sorry, I'm going to have a, a thought bubble. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. Okay. You'll come, well, back, come to back. It. You'll come, come back, back to it. <laughs> well, let's talk about the first workshop yeah. then. Um, this is happening Wednesday at 6 p.m. at Utah State University. And it, according to your excellent flyer, it's going to cover the basics of surface and groundwater resources in Moab Valley, in Spanish Valley, in Castle Valley, and will also include information on water rights um, that exist in those watersheds, followed by a Q&A. Anything else to say about this workshop? Yeah, I'll just kind of state the presenters. So um, we, we have Mark Stilson, the regional engineer with the Utah Division of Water. And so he's from Price, and he's been excellent, at least from my opinion, or in my view, just always being amicable to to providing as much information as he can for us and he's every time i ask mark to come to the county he comes <laughs> he down does. and does uh-huh. it does this work so he's going to be covering water rights and then Ar- arnie holtquist from grand and san juan partnership he's the grand and san juan partnership coordinator with mop or moab area watershed partnership and he's going to be doing his pre- presentation actually is more of the geology of hmm. those val- of the valleys but the hydrology Sure. that is encompassed within the geology and so i think that'll be really interesting so it'll give people those basics mm-hmm. and ho- hopefully each presentation will be about a half an hour mm-hmm. and then we'll go into a q a and obviously people can come in person or via zoom it will also be recorded and we'll make sure that that's on the county website so people can look at that afterward but we're hoping people will just come and or even on zoom and you know, ask any questions that they want. So that'll be the beginning. Okay. Oh, great to know that it's going to be recorded um, for future viewing. um, So anyone can dip in at any time. That's great. And um, I know that you are planning uh, more series. Um, What can you tell us about the upcoming ones? Um, well, so my thought bubble that flitted away earlier. Oh, yeah. Did you hey, find God. it? Did you find it? <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, uh-huh. Like a dandelion blowing past again. Um, so anyway, I was thinking, you know, one of the things about the timing that I think is is just obvious to a lot of us is, you know, whether you want to call it climate change or, you know, something else, you know, we definitely are living in parts of the world in an era of greater water scarcity. And we have you know, more most of us, you know, have followed a lot of the stories about what's happening with the Colorado River, but mm-hmm. also, um, you know, we observe things in the valley or up in the LaSalle's. Um, so, I mean, I think that's pro- probably part of the urgency for some people. And um, I just want to thank you for mentioning other water stuff in the community, because there's so much great stuff out there between, um, you know, the things that Science Moab is doing, the things mm-hmm. that Arnie's group, the Moab Area Watershed Partnership group are doing, mm-hmm. the, things um, kind of tied more to the restoration and that the Southeast Utah Riparian Partnership are doing. So um, anywho, um, yeah, so I think with the with the intro workshop, we're thinking, okay, well, you know, it's nice to start and to, you know, learn or review, you know, where does our water come Mm -hmm. from? And, you know, okay, we have culinary water and we have irrigation Mm -hmm. water and okay, you know, what's what's flowing underground and what's you know where is that mill creek water going where's that ken's lake Mm -hmm. water going um and then to have just a little basics about um when we talk about water quality versus quantity Mm -hmm. um you know what are some basics we should know because um, maybe it just helps some people who are new to know like oh okay well maybe you know the water coming out of mill creek is considered better in some ways than the valley fill water Mm -hmm. you know out of pack creek and and why is that um so we just thought it's nice to have a foundation and um and it also helps then understand 
background. Uh, you know, some people have no background in water rights, which which makes sense. It's probably for many people a good a good uh, yeah. um, thing for insomnia. But um, <laughs> no offense, Mark. I know it's also fascinating. Um, but so I think Mark is great because he makes it really digestible. But that helps people understand. Oh, okay, well, how come? Yeah, some of us, you know, can access some of some of it, but not that part. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so that was the idea with the first one. And then the sense was, well, really, you know, a lot of people who have been at the next level of trying to follow all this have been following the discussion of like, huh, okay, so we don't have an, probably an endless supply of water. Mm. So how much do we have? And, uh, uh, you know, how much is left? And who's going to get it? And, uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, in what order is that going to happen? And um, so the following and, you know, how does climate change um, play a role and how does what's happening on the Colorado play a role? Um, And so the next one is really looking kind of more into that scarcity and um, both in terms of just the natural limitations you have with growth in any kind of system. But then also, like, if you have an outside factor um, like climate change, which might be, you know, cutting off you know, well, let's just choose a random number, 20 to 30% of your, uh, of your supply. Huh, how do you recalculate now? So mm. I'll let Trish. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we're gonna have three individuals, Jane Belknap, which you may know, obviously, yeah. locally, and hopefully she'll be just that local voice, but also be able to speak to climate change within mm-hmm. our region. We're gonna have Jack Schmidt from Utah State University, mm-hmm. and Jack is like considered the Colorado River guru. He knows more about the Colorado mm-hmm. River, the Colorado River Compact than probably anybody and so that'll be great for him to just give us those basics and he made it clear to us like mm-hmm. I don't really know your watersheds but that's right. okay he knows the Colorado River right. which is a big part of obviously what we have here and then lastly Thomas Lockmer that has been a part of the Moab Area Watershed Partnership he came in he had synthesized all the water studies that had taken place mm-hmm. in the valley since the 70s mm-hmm. wow. and really you know was able to give mm-hmm. us like you said a layman's term like where are we at mm-hmm. so we're hoping that he can do that again for us just kind of lay out like here's there have been endless studies done on our water resources here's where you're at here's where you need to go mm-hmm. right and so um just bring in more the science the doctors yeah because i think it's one of the things that kind of makes uh, a lot of our residents have the exploding head emoji right it's like oh we have all these studies how come we still don't know where we are and you know um and that's one of the great yeah things someone like him can do is kind of explain okay well you got you know this out of mm-hmm. here and this out of there and you know um blah 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 so uh sorry that wasn't very but really can kind of help you right. um, and there was a there was a i'm trying to remember now if it was like 30 or 40 pages but actually a written report that he did with that well as well which i just found very helpful because i'm kind of slow and i have to repeat so i know looking at the written report helped me remind me okay yeah in 70 Mm -hmm. okay we had this and then in the 1990s we had this and then most Mm -hmm. recently in the 20 teens um you know this is where there was agreement and disagreement um because some people will say okay you know you still need to do uh more monitoring and other people will say um you know you guys have a lot of data you know you're ready to model so i think for people who are at that level um the hope is that um we can have some discussion about that and also about you know what is the what is the climate science saying and and are we are we integrating that information into our plans or have 
you know, did someone forget mm-hmm. to uh, to calculate that in? <laughs> Ronnie, you're triggering a memory. This is, um, you know, Dr. Dr. Thomas. How do you spell it? Yeah. Or how do you pronounce his last name? Lockmer. Lockmer. Yeah. Dr. Lockmer. Yeah. He was here, right? Yeah. Doing a presentation at the yes. Mark. Yes. Right? Yeah. And so, his, at the, and that presentation sort of ended with like, well, this community could start modeling. Yes. And now Grand County is yes. partnering. It's very much, with, yes. With Thomas, Thomas Lockmer. With, thanks yeah. to yeah. Yeah. Wow. Trish following yeah. up on that, that wow. that's happening. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. these are moving pieces that yeah. I'm watching in real time. Yeah. So we're now at the point where that modeling is going yep. to happen Yep, and is, is needed. Yep. Yeah, and yep. I have been asking at the city, mm-hmm. you know, to what extent they're interested in mm-hmm. also, you know, monitoring and modeling, right. but without getting into it too much. Um, I usually get a lot of eye rolling and, and not much verbal response. So maybe we'll be seeing that. You never know. You know, yeah. <laughs> every every year is different. Yes, right? no. And I don't say that to be unprofessional, <laughs> but at some point you yes. kind of got to let people know. Right. Yeah. Well, so the doctors, of course, the doctor yes. workshop, yeah. um, that's the second one that's yep. coming up TBD yes. yep. sometime this summer. Yep. Okay. Yep. We're meeting with them on Wednesday and we'll kind of you know, okay. hopefully be able to put something together pretty quickly. And get the word yep. out. But the first one, if folks are listening and they want to hear the basics of our groundwater and surface water resources, as well as get into an overview of water rights in this area, um, that's again, Wednesday, Utah State University at 6 p.m. Or you can join by Zoom. I found a link at grandcountyutah.net. Yep. That's where you go to join via Zoom, and it'll be recorded, according to Trish. So, yep. if you miss it, no problem; we'll it'll be it up out. somewhere. Yep. And there have been print ads in the TI and uh-huh. the Sun as well, and there is a QR code for those who prefer that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so yeah. these are water workshops. Um, Trisha Dean, County Commissioner, Ronnie Durasseri, Moab City Council Member, got their heads together and put this on with a few other folks. Um, anything else to say about the why and what you're excited about? Looking forward to these workshops. Um, I would just like to thank Alice Drogan and Bob <laughs> O'Brien from Castle Valley for their help organizing. And um, no, honestly, I I just think um, dialogue is healthy, and mm-hmm. I'm just excited about the opportunity to learn from different people and um, to kind of help each other um, tackle this over time. There's so many different aspects yeah. of it um, right. for different residents, and um, if we can do anything to help make sense um, you know it's, it mm-hmm. is it can be confusing yeah. and you know it can be easy to um you know think you're going to one agency or local government in town for something and realize that someone else who does it so i just hope that we can um take some of the mystery out of it yeah. for people and make them feel more empowered like they have more mm-hmm. of a say yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and i guess that that's something i'll state it really stuck with me mark came and did a workshop with us once and he he used the term he said it's up to you as legislators to land the plane safely Hmm. so i think there is this misconception out there that somebody from the state's going to come down and shut us down Mm -hmm. and that's not happening it's up to us this community the legislative bodies to make sure that we you know conserve our our water resources and we develop at a rate that is appropriate to our water resources so you know, I before you before you all head out, I did want to ask you about the role of, you know, the county and city legislators um, when it comes to water policy. Um, you know, these discussions are, I've noticed, have been coming more and more relevant. Um, so where do you see the county and the city fitting in um, when it comes to water policy? And I know the city is a water utility provider, but the county has, is not. Yeah, right. 
Um, I will state that our planning commission and our current plan uh, head of our planning and zoning, Elisa Martin, I think is very cognizant of mm -hmm. our water resources. And when we look at planning or building out the valley, we're, she has already said, you know, we take this number and we reduce it by 30%. Hmm. She acknowledges hmm. climate change, I, I think, far into the future. And so when stuff comes through the Planning Commission, I think we're very cognizant. Honestly, we don't have a lot that comes through our Planning Commission. Sure. To be honest, I think people go to the city, city. Or, they, mm -hmm. or they go to San Juan County, right? Mm -hmm. So we've turned down some pretty large developers that are sadly now just doing monstrous developments in San Juan mm -hmm. County, which the sad thing is they're still in our valley. So we are going to be dealing with their you know the demand that they're putting on our aquifers mm -hmm. um that's a concern to me and i that's probably an aside and how do we encompass san juan special service district more san juan county planning commission and county commission more i'm not sure mm -hmm. i mean these are discussions i get again that i think we have to keep having with somebody like mark um to mm -hmm. make sure that we're all a part of those discussions because yeah i'm there's big development slated yeah. for for that part of the valley that far exceed their water rights sure right so right they have they have much much less water rights. they don't than, have a yeah. lot of water rights right okay. but they have a lot of water out of the colorado river and so their capacity to yeah who knows who knows right but those are i think great things to discuss with mark sure. right i'm really interested mm -hmm. in that so. yeah that would be jack. great yeah, question. or jack right great <laughs> questions to bring to these yeah. water workshops yeah and ronnie you know any thoughts on moab cities plugging into water um, these water conversations? Um, well, first of all, I should probably say, because I've been the odd man out, I don't think I should speak for anyone else. So it probably would, yes, be best to um, bring in some of the people who, you know, throw me dirty looks over the table, but don't actually say anything. Um, because it would be interesting to hear what they have to say. But, um, you know, obviously, from being on the council and observing, um, it does appear um, that uh, uh, the the staff and mayor and majority of the council um, uh, is committed to this water utility resource management mm -hmm. plan in conjunction with the other water providers. Mm -hmm. um, so Grand Water Sewer Service Agency and um, I always have a dyslexic moment with the San Juan Spanish Valley Special Service yeah. District or it's Spanish Valley San Juan. You, you no, got it. San Juan yeah. Spanish Valley. I have yeah. it in my notes. You brought it the first try. So yeah, sorry, I have selective dyslexia. Uh -huh. um, to uh, basically. Uh, make a plan for our water for the next hundred years wow. um and so there have been two public zooms um mm -hmm. uh and the rest of the meetings have been closed um mm -hmm. so uh the original discussions we heard is that there would be a draft plan for that this fall then we heard or sorry this spring and then it was going to be this fall and now we're hearing um late this year or beginning of 2024 mm -hmm. um so there is a page on the city website about um the the water utility resource management plan mm -hmm. um, people can go to on the city there's a little box if you scroll down on the main page um, about that um, uh, I have just been highly critical because it's been a closed process and there hasn't been a good explanation for why it has to be closed so this mm -hmm. just goes back to my background in human rights um, and policy about um, uh, why do you need meetings like this to be closed? But um, so anyway, uh, but the focus seems to be um, on those plans. And once you have those plans that you'll have um, some tools in place. So for example, if we hit a scarcity mm -hmm. situation, um, you know, then what would happen sure. and, and who would have what? And sure. um, mm -hmm. uh, 
So that is ongoing. I know you've been critical of the process, but that is happening. It is happening. Mm -hmm. I will say in the last Zoom, almost two hours in, there had been no discussion of climate change. Mm -hmm. And and it was a bit disconcerting because I asked about it and the consultant um, kind of started telling me how complicated climate change was um, and um, that maybe some adjustment would have to be made, maybe 5% um, for climate change. So that's just disconcerting because there's about $250,000 in this process. And granted, maybe they aren't there yet, but we have a water conservation plan that already puts what we should be looking at 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 least 20%. So mm-hmm. um, it's, it's hard because you feel uh, like we should all be able to expect a higher level of, mm-hmm. you know, if this is supposed to guide us for 100 years, mm-hmm. how are we supposed to do that without calculating yeah sure anyway okay so So some big question marks for you there yeah um but in addition you know i know the city had been working or the planning commission at the city had been working on a landscaping ordinance which part of that does relate to water as well yes so that is i was just reading that um it is being discussed in a workshop so anyone who's interested um can tune in to our meeting um tomorrow july 25 at 6 p.m online or in person and it'll be recorded so you can watch it afterwards so we'll have a workshop um on the ordinance and we already have landscaping code in the municipal code but this is adding elements um that are supposed to help with water conservation and efficiency um so uh people may be interested and seeing what it says there about, you know, say a, a mandatory plant list or some of the tools people could use mm-hmm. to reduce water, like hydrozones, which is like planting plants that require, you know, you put the guys who need very little water together in a cluster and the ones that need a ton of water, you know, mm-hmm. together. And then um, some of the changes you can make in turf grass watering um, are where you can use um, artificial um, turf and um so and there is a an element of uh indoor um uh suggestions too because um places you can cut down outdoors as well as indoors so indoors for example you could require um the suggestion is to require water reducing fixtures you know so your shower heads faucets toilets um yeah so so yeah you can yeah (laughs) Yeah, so I, um, yes, anybody can go to the um, Moab City, the Agenda Center, look at the packet, and it's at the beginning of the packet. I think it's like the first 40 pages or so. Well, thank you, too, for um, going through that. And um, since, you know, you are both, um, you know, our elected officials kind of reviewing what is going on right now. In addition to this water workshop, any um, last thoughts on um, this water workshop series that you two have put together along with um, some other folks? Um, I would just like to thank all the other people have been very generous about just helping get the word out. And I think they're, you know, so, um, you know, there have been people at Science Moab who said they'd help get the word out Mm -hmm. and people at um, some of the local uh, water and conservation nonprofits. And uh, I know uh, they let me uh, bring it up at the Southeast Utah Riparian uh, Partnership and yeah, people posted it, and it was, you know, USU has been exceedingly welcoming, and, and what a yeah. cool thing to have a space where, you know, we, we're not uh, AV techs or whatever. I don't even know if you use that term <laughs> <Yeah>. anymore. <laughs> That's probably from my high school days. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, uh, so we don't have that expertise, and um, while there are, are great people in the community who can do it at Star Hall or something, um, it's been amazing to find the space at USU, yeah, with that level of technology mm-hmm. where, um, because I think so much of what we wanted to do was to record and have it available yeah, to people right. who yeah. 
yeah. who might look watch it after the fact right. use it yeah. as a, a learning tool yeah. and to have t yeah Trisha's just I mean experience as an educator I think is yeah and yeah. just yeah the county has just always been so I mean the re the reality is our county administrator Mallory Nassau is just she's wonderful and she's always just so welcoming if mm -hmm. if we have ideas she's just like okay let's make it happen right so Mallory just through the door you know gates open and and we've been using her as assistant alicia oliver and alicia's done tons for us so it's just great you know and hopefully mm -hmm. you know yeah the county will stay invested in that well the series i think from my perspective is something that's badly needed and we need to keep talking about water yep. it's not the last conversation but yep. if um from this conversation that we've had just now i've learned that this is really a learning opportunity so yes. if anyone is interested in what our water resources look like um i'm hearing from both of you just show up yep. <laughs> at usu at 6 p.m on wednesday or via zoom um yep. Find the link at grandcountyutah.net or watch it later. Um, there's so many different ways yeah. to, uh, you know, participate um, in these educational resources. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much, Molly. Thank you, too, so much. That's um, Trish Hadeen and Ronnie Durassery, um, who came up to talk about the water workshops. We're going to uh, take a quick break. That's right. We're going to be back with some folks from Grand County School District who are going to talk a little bit about teacher shortages and other things related to this next school year. You're tuned into KZMU Moab Community Radio. We'll be back after this. I am joined by two guests. Thank you so much for joining me. We have, um, well, why don't you introduce yourselves? Um, I am Jeremy Spaulding. I am the community coordinator from Grand County School District. And I am Kat Vasquez. I am the new child nutrition director. Welcome to the studio. H have you been in Moab long? Or? Well, my uncle and aunt have lived here since the 60s. Oh, wow. Um, Lou and Clark DeLong. They owned DeLong Realty back in the day. And um, they have now passed on, and my cousin Olivia owns their home. Mm -hmm. And so when I decided to apply for this, I knew that housing was an issue from my cousin. And so I asked her if I could live with her, and she said yes. And she just kept saying I was going to get the job, and here I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. So you are Grand County School District's um, new child nutrition program director. Yes. Um, Jeremy says that you have some plans um, for the next five years here in Moab. You know, what's top of your mind as we enter this new school year? Just keeping my head above water, basically. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> There's so many ideas, and I'm coming from a healthcare background. I've been okay. in healthcare for a long time. Cook and cooking in healthcare. Cooking and running programs, yeah. yes. Yeah. And catering programs and businesses. And me and my husband's had a several businesses that we've tried and done. And, and just been in food service for 40 years. Was almost a nurse and got overwhelmed with that. And... Um, Working graveyard and oh, going yeah. to school during yeah. the day was kind of not a great idea. Mm -hmm. Always thought I'd go back into nursing and then started having a family. And, and I'd been in food service on and on and different things. Started at 15 as a waitress mm. and um, went back to college at 34 and got a hospitality associate's degree and then went back and got a BA in business with a minor in nutrition. And then I had worked in healthcare and then I've been in there ever since. And then I decided I was needed a change and came to Moab. Wow, that's amazing. And um, that's a quite a varied background, um, but all relevant to this position. What are you, you know, most looking forward to as you start the new school year? 
feeding children. <laughs> I'm going from the geriatric population to the beginning of sure. life, basically. And, and I just feel nutrition is important. And I think if we teach children young about different foods, different cultures, and um, introduce things, we don't have so many picky mm-hmm. adults. And we have had, you know, over the years, kind of a more robust um, program, right? Um, We've had um, breakfast options available for kids. Um, You know, I don't know if Jeremy or you can talk more about that, um, what our options are. You know, we're still we're still offering, um, and I think this goes through the summer. We're still mm-hmm. offering summer food program, right? Is that, we are and just lunch, just lunch, mm-hmm. and those are. And where is that available, Kat? It's been available at the Oasis and the Huntridge. Is that what they are? The yeah. yeah. And then the Rotary Park, and then back at HMK. Okay. So All if right. your kids are hungry, you can have uh, a, a free summer lunch um, throughout the summer. Until Friday. Until Friday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we'll all be off for, what, two weeks until school starts? Yes. Um, and we are still continuing to do breakfast, mm-hmm. lunch, and lunch at, at school. And then sometimes dinners for families and things like that, too. We, um, there are grants out there I'd like to expand and offer dinner and after, an oh. after-school snack. But mm-hmm. where there's... So many great ideas. I just got back from Denver from conference mm-hmm. and a lot, met a lot of great ladies throughout the United States that have great programs and got a lot of good of ideas from them. Oh, amazing. Okay. So lots to look forward to in this uh, new school year. It's I can't believe it. It's well, it's coming up in late August. Is that right? The first day of school. The, August the 16th. What? Mid-August. I thought it was later. Oh, man. I'm behind. Too we fast. start early and we yeah. end early here. Oh, yeah. That is way <laughs> too fast. Okay. Well, Kat, thank you so much for being with us. Is there anything else you wanted to mention about your new position or the program? Well, so I'm working on getting back to scratch food mm-hmm. and and so a concept that's called speed scratch. What is and that? Speed scratch is when you take an already made product, let's say cheese sauce mm-hmm. or Alfredo sauce or um, some kind of sauce that's made or comes in frozen or mm-hmm. some kind of product like mac and cheese or whatever like mm-hmm. that. And then you're going to fix it. Let's say that we took Alfredo and we added pasta and chicken mm-hmm. and some different garden mm-hmm. vegetables and some Parmesan cheese and fresh basil. Mm-hmm. It's not just you can you, it's not just something you can just make chicken alfredo with. Right. You can make something else. So it's speed scratch where you have one component that's already made for you and you add sure. other things in it. So that's what we're trying to get back at. Okay. Speed scratch. And why the interest in, in that? Because I think that we've gotten away from that. Mm-hmm. And um, they there's been a lot of, not just here, but in, in other school districts where they use a lot of um, frozen and packaged foods where they just heat and serve and um, yeah, I know that they're USDA um, approved. Approved, thank you. And, but um, doesn't always mean that it's the most nutritious option. And I would uh, I would venture to guess, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but um, doing things either scratch or speed scratch probably requires some employees, right? Like, yes, and that's what we need. We need some ladies that <laughs> ladies or gentlemen that sure. would like to come and. Mm-hmm. and feed children and love children and love to cook. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be a chef. I mean, if you're a home cook and you know how to boil water, I'm, I taught culinary arts, I can teach anybody how to cook. 
and follow a recipe as long as you're following the recipe and and uh, know how to read and write you know we're, we're good to go so and what are you know the vacancies or the opportunities in your department um, so we have vacancies at hmk elementary and the middle school um the high school got shut down i think in the spring was that correct yeah, we've we've um, we've had less um, interest in high school food program, and so we're doing a lot. We're doing options at the high school, but less direct cooking f- there on site. Okay, so there's food available at the high oh, school. Yeah. But yes, yeah. so we're going to have a cart where we're going to make lunch boxes and salads and um, a la carte items, and we will have a lady go up there or a gentleman go up there and serve it, and they can. We all still have the vending machine. And if we can build some revenue, then hopefully next year we can open it up again and they'll have a better variety. Mm-hmm. So they can still get a hot lunch at the middle school with the options there, or they can buy off the a la carte cart at the high school dining room. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, this, this interest in scratch food is not new in Moab. And, mm-hmm. and depending on the years that your kids were in school, you listeners out there, you know that in, in years past at HMK they did – they had robust um, made from scratch meals. And we're mm-hmm. hoping to bring that back because we know that kids enjoy it and they enjoy uh, the quality of it and that parents are proud of it and enjoy the quality of it as well. And so we're hoping to get back to kind of Moab's roots mm-hmm. of, of cooking um, more uh, whole holistic meals like that. So we're excited for that. So I had the students do a survey mm-hmm. at the end of the year, and it's kind of funny, the answers. And, of course, there's always the, the main pizza, cheeseburgers, corn dogs. Foods they want. or Yeah, like, yeah the yeah. foods that they like mm-hmm. or what they want to see. And mm-hmm. a lot of it was um, Mexican, um, Korean bowls, mm. um, lasagna, chili with the cinnamon roll who remembers the chili with the donut or the cinnamon roll i mean that was one of my favorite meals when i was in school when we won't say how long ago that was (laughs) (laughs) but um so a lot of those things that i want to bring back were Mm -hmm. already mentioned in these surveys so i'm really excited about that hope we can um, bring our numbers up and start becoming a profitable business at the for the district Mm -hmm. and and kat how many how many staff are we in need of I think um, right now we could use six, six, six or seven. And how how large is this the food staff or the nutrition staff? At- I in the past I don't know how many okay. they had, but I think we could do with ten. With ten, yeah, mm-hmm. okay. And that includes both schools, but that's not full time employees, of course. That's going to be a mix of full and part. Mi- mm-hmm. And what I'm calling like a flex. Mm-hmm. So like if there's a mom out there, and this is for all you moms out there um, that. Our stay-at-home moms that just want to make a few dollars, mm-hmm. put in their own pocket. Um, I know that makes my daughter feel contributing to her household. She doesn't have to work, but she chooses to do. She has some side businesses going on. But um, if they want to come and work three hours, serve lunch, or be a cashier, that's what I'm calling a flex, mm-hmm. where they could come in at 11 and leave at 1. and. Mm-hmm. Or come in early, like when they drop the kids off, come in and work and do some prep and then go home. If they mm-hmm. only want to work two or three hours, I'm, 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 I'll take it because no. there's a lot you can do in three hours. I've noticed that the school district has had to be pretty flexible yeah. over the past few years with not just this these positions, but multiple. And and this is what we're seeing across the nation, that it's mm-hmm. just we've, we've seen a, a shift in the number of um people leaving districts Mm -hmm. and we've seen a shift across the country and here in moab 
of people um, not not doing those kind of um, those kind of volunteer sub those sort of positions. Mm-hmm. So um, right now in the district as a whole, we have we have six food service jobs open. Mm-hmm. We have um, and around thirty open positions. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't like something that's brand new to the district. We always have openings in the summer. That's just how it works. People mm-hmm. people shift careers and and change places, and Moab is a transient place. But if you're interested in working for the district, there is a lot of different options right mm-hmm. now. Um, and this uh, this governor uh, and his and his wife, the first lady, are. Both uh, Governor Cox is really interested in supporting education, mm-hmm. and so this year the whole state has had a boost in uh, in money coming to schools, and that means that your pay is better than ever. And so we are excited to be able to not only offer benefits and retirement, but also pretty competitive wages. We're looking at twenty dollars across the board for almost every position, and raises across the board at every level. Mm. Um, so starting pay around over $20 up to $22 for um, for your kind of paraprofessional positions, for your bus driver positions, um, all of which are needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then really competitive wages um, for teachers themselves too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, but besides that though, we're also, and across the nation we're seeing um, a lack of participation. And this is something that's been really interesting in Moab um, because I used to work in the schools um, years ago and came back in, into working in the district again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen a shift in the amount of volunteers that are in the building. There's just a lot less people, there's a lot less parents in spaces um, spending time in their children's classrooms, and there's a lot less elders. Um, so we've just seen this, this, um, this kind of dive um, in mm-hmm. volunteerism. Um, and we want you to know that we would love to have people come into the schools and be able to contribute to the lives of children mm-hmm. um, and that your teachers could really benefit. Um, since COVID, kids have had um, challenges in terms of socialization um, and, and healthy adults can make an enormous difference in a child's life. Um, and so if you are interested, I would, I'll give out, I'll put, we'll put my email up on KZMU. Um, you and can say it too. So, um, yeah. so Spalding, <laughs> S-P-A-U-L-D-I-N-G-J at Grand Schools. And you can, um, and soon there'll be a volunteer tab on the website. And we'd love to have you volunteer. But in addition to that, substitution is also like being a sub is huge. Yeah. And, and we talked last year, Molly, do you remember how many subs we had for the district? I want to say like two or three is yeah. at the beginning of the school year. Did and that it didn't change. It didn't I, change. We had a yeah. small, we had a small boost a <laughs> little after winter between mm-hmm. winter and spring. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as people are gearing up to do their, their spring jobs and need a little bit, a bit of cash. Um, mm-hmm. They come in and work for the district, but we haven't had a lot of subs. And what's cool about subbing is you can choose your space. Mm-hmm. Um, you can choose to work at the, the, any any level preschool elementary middle mm-hmm. or high school mm-hmm. you can choose your hours if you want to just work an afternoon a month you can do that and you, you're going to make a benefit you're going mm-hmm. you're going to get a, a couple dollars in your pocket and you're going to make the lives of our teachers and our administrators easier and you're going to make our schools function better mm-hmm. um, so if you're thinking about volunteering but you also might sub both are phenomenal um, and, and in terms of spaces 
you can volunteer again at all levels of school, but you can also, um, and you can sub in, you know, any of those classrooms, but you could also volunteer talking about your career and share um, information with, with juniors and mm-hmm. seniors as they go into the workforce. Uh, you can volunteer at the libraries and, and put back books. Mm-hmm. Um, you can volunteer in, uh, in our early childhood classrooms and help children learn to read and learn to love books if you love to read. So think about the things that you love and what you would want and what passing along your passions. And you can do that through the school district on behalf of children. Um, So, you know, as we go into the new school year, we we're looking for people that need jobs and there's all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. um, But there's also great room for substitutes and for volunteers. It seems like uh, the school district could use support on many different levels. We have Kat, who is from the child nutrition department. We have Jeremy, who's like speaking for the rest of the departments, too. <laughs> um, all different levels. Um, yeah, flexibility. Man, you really have had to do that over the, like, since, I mean, for a long time, but since since COVID, too. Well, and we're not yeah. the only ones. Right. You know, this mm-hmm. is, you, you talked to employers in Moab right. and they have to figure out a way to do it. Mm-hmm. And we're, so we're not alone in that. But mm-hmm. but I will say that it's a great place to work. Mm-hmm. That what you do makes a difference in the lives of families and children. Um, and there is that flexibility and right. as well as good pay and good benefits. And holidays and weekends off. And holidays and weekends <laughs> off. And a schedule that matches your children. Too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So that's another another thing to think about. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'll give you I'll give you a couple places we need people. Okay. So if you're, give, if give, you, give if it you to are, us. If you have a pen and paper, here's <laughs> the list that Jeremy has for you. <laughs> we need people in food service. We need custodians and grounds people and maintenance workers. We have spaces for teacher assistants and paraprofessionals. Those are folks that come in and help um, group, small groups and, and individual students um, to get better at skills in their classrooms. Um, we need bus drivers. And I'll say it's really fun to work in the, in the bus depot. Those guys are a hoot. Um, if you like to drive a bus, you, you have a special space for children. Um, and that group is really lovely. Mm-hmm. We need folks in our career and technologi- technical education area with working under Kari Kaler. Um, and so if you're a bike mechanic and you want to teach mm. and you love bike mm-hmm. maintenance, you can teach that and mm-hmm. you can get paid to do that and pass along a really lovely skill for, for our teenagers. Um, if you are passionate as an auto mechanic, we need people in our auto mechanic hmm. um, area. Mm-hmm. If you are passionate about after school, Beacon After School is hiring and they are a phenomenal group. Mm-hmm. They do a really wonderful job and you can pass along you can play with kids like because mm. in in after school setting it's not exactly the same thing where you're teaching very specific curriculum but you have the opportunity to teach about things you love to teach about you like to knit come mm-hmm. and teach about knitting um run a club and get to know kids and just read them a book yeah come and read them a book get to be a mentor for them mm-hmm. in their lives um special education we have a second grade teacher spot and we have um a really exciting new space with the district mm-hmm which is called our School um, and Career Success Center, mm-hmm. which is going to be opening um, this fall in um, the new Free Health Clinic campus um, in the mm-hmm. former USU space across from Gonzo um, over there. Oh, And okay. it is a space for students who have not had traditional success in high school mm-hmm. to be able to get the one-on-one help they need mm-hmm. and to be able to learn about and connect with careers that that fit their interests 
um, and to be able to get back on track to get their GEDs and to graduate and get diplomas so that they can take the next step. That is badly needed. And that is starting up this this fall? It's starting up this fall. We've just Mm -hmm. um, gotten funding Mm -hmm. for that space, and so that'll be opening, and we're hiring a... Uh, teacher position for that, as okay. well as a lead teacher position. Okay, so do we have a culinary arts department? <laughs> I'm curious because <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> as a, we 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 teach culinary arts, um, yes, in the CTE. There's there's several cooking classes. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. In terms of um, specifications, that are like pastry and things like that. I think they're more broad scale. Um, but yes, there mm-hmm. are there are several um, cooking classes. That's by good. Miss Fluke teaches, know teaches a, a couple of great cooking classes. Okay, so these guys, Jeremy Spalding, Grand County's School District Community Coordinator, and Kat, remind me your last name? Vasquez. Vasquez. And you're from um, the Childhood Nutrition Department at Grand County School District. I am. They're talking about um, opportunities, also known as vacancies, in <laughs> the school district and where the school district could use support, either with um, paid jobs or volunteer opportunities. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you want to mention? Yeah. Um, if you are interested in a job with food service or mm-hmm. as a paraprofessional at the elementary level, mm-hmm. um, we have a job fair on August 1st as well as August 2nd. Okay. Um, so that's 1 to 4 p.m. on the 1st and the 2nd of August. I think that's a, a Tuesday and a Wednesday, if, I, mm-hmm. if I'm correct. And you can just um, go in the, through the front doors and learn about um, openings in both of those realms. And you can meet Kat and learn about um, the food program, or you can meet Shelly Hawks and learn about um, the help they need is at, with paraprofessionals um, mm-hmm. at HMK. Now, I know that you're here to talk about, um, you know, opportunities that exist at the school district, and you're trying to fill positions, but is there anything before we go that you're excited about looking into the 2023-2024 school year? I'll go. Okay. Yeah. So I'm excited because um, we're getting to change we're going to change the program mm-hmm. and and i know that the pers- participation has been low and people have brought been bringing their own lunch sending their children with their own lunches um i want parents to know that nutrition is is very important to me and um that in, children not only they're just like adults we we all eat with our eyes and presentations is a big thing and i'm really going to work on that changing that mm. And some other ideas I've, I'm working on, um, nutrition classes for the students. I'm also working on um, the decor. We want the kids to feel welcome in the lunchroom. We want that to be bright and, and colorful mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. Um, welcoming, not just a sanitary eating space. You know, you, you want to be feel welcome, and I mm-hmm. want them to feel welcome. Um, another thing we're working on... Um, is grabbing that revenue from the high school so they don't want to go spend elsewhere. And then um, we're going to, probably the first of the year, we're going to be open a store and at the high school and the middle school level where they can go in and have, um, buy food choices, drink choices. Mm-hmm. We're looking and getting a slushy machine. Oh, and a, well, that's exciting. <laughs> I could use one right now. Yeah, me too, because it's quite warm in here. <laughs> I know. Uh, and a concession stand at the middle school. Mm-hmm. So when they have sports um, stuff there, that they can um, get a treat mm-hmm. when they're watching their brothers and sisters play. Um, taste testings. You know, how can we introduce new foods and expect them to try them if we haven't educated them before? Mm-hmm. And I was really excited about that list because there was so many cultural 
menu ideas that from I, the students from from the students mm-hmm. that they want it. Mm-hmm. That's where we're looking at. Jeremy, any last words before we go? Um, excited for Kat to join our team, mm-hmm. um, and excited for all the wonderful changes that Dr. Thompson has put in at the high school. Excited to see the four by four schedule happen. Mm-hmm. Um, excited for the clapping and 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 and, and, and welcomes at the school and the first day of school on the on the 16th excited to see all the kids again august 16th thank you for reminding me <laughs> it's coming up right around the corner dear caller hold on just a minute we're going to transition now into our 6 p.m programming we have kzme news word of the day a lot of exciting things coming up for you um in this next hour oh and liner notes Liner Notes is coming up um, around 6.15, 6.20 tonight, so stay tuned for that.